0: From the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony
1: Perkins. Welcome to Washington Watch. Thanks for tuning in. Well, as we come to the end of 2023 and you contemplate the year ahead, let me encourage you to consider something. Consider joining me on our journey through the Bible. Now, I'm going to uh, talk more about this next week, but. I'm going to say this without hesitation, that the most beneficial plan that you can make for the new year is to be in the Word of God each and every day. And we've made it quite easy. With no more than 10 to 15 minutes a day, you can discover the truths of God's Word, which I'm here to tell you will impact your life in ways that you can't even imagine. And you can find out more by simply going to frc.org slash Bible. You can download the, the free reading plan. And you might find this helpful. We have a, This year, we have a new stand on the word Bible Journal that goes along with the plan. And you can find out more about how to get a copy of that by texting the word JOURNAL to 67742. That's JOURNAL to 67742. Well, as we prepare to look forward, I want to take just a moment to look back one more time into 2023. This was a very special year for the Family Research Council. This was our 40th anniversary, and it was my 20th anniversary at FRC. On this special 40th celebration, I want you to uh, hear from those who have been and continue to be instrumental in Family Research Council. Dr. James Dobson was the key founder of FRC, aided by the vision and hard work of Dr. Jerry Regeer. Gary Bauer played a very important role in the early years of FRC, prior to running for the Republican nomination for president. FRC's current board chair, former Congresswoman Michelle Bachman is a real blessing to the entire organization. Well, Family Research Council opened its doors in 1983. And for 40 years, FRC has been advancing faith, family, and freedom. And over that time, FRC has proven to be one of America's most creative and effective policy organizations. So how did FRC come about? Who planted the seeds for FRC's growth, and who watered them? Well, one of the men who was instrumental in the early years was Dr. James Dobson, who just a few years before FRC's founding had launched Focus on the Family as a radio program. Well, I sat down with Dr. Dobson to talk to him about the events that led to FRC's founding, including the prayer meeting from which the resolve to establish FRC was formed. And we also talked about the times in which we live today. Here is how that conversation began. Forty years ago, you were instrumental in the Family Research Council. Take us back and give us the origins of the beginning of the Family Research Council. How did it all start? Well, Tony, first of all, it's such a pleasure to have
2: you here in my office at Family Talk JDFI. You are a hero of mine. I can't tell you how much I appreciate the work that you've done and have done now for 40 years. So thank you for being here. Uh, as for the history of the Family Research Council, uh, that is uh, one of the uh, most uh, um, coveted experiences of my life because it goes back to 1980 when President Jimmy Carter decided there was going to be a White House conferences on the family, conferences plural because he envisioned families as being a whole bunch of things. So it was a very liberal conference and I was not invited to be a, a delegate to that conference or those conferences. Uh, but I was invited to come and speak at the precursor, which was, uh, devoted to child development and they invited four, uh, PhDs in the field of child development. I was one of them and we spoke to 500 people that day and <clears throat> this was kind of the beginning of the conferences and, uh, everybody else that spoke there came from a very liberal point of view, obviously and I didn't, and I spoke very differently than they did. Um, the crowd was gracious, and afterward, James Guy Tucker, who was the director of the White House conferences, uh, came up to see me. He, I was getting walking down from the platform, and he said, May I talk to you? And I said, Sure. And he said, I really enjoyed what you had to say today. I didn't agree with much of it. But I enjoyed hearing that point of view. He said, would you let me take you to get a Coke? And I would like to learn more about that. And so I said, sure. And we went out to get a Coke. And uh, while we were sitting there, he said, I want to tell you something. What you had to say tonight is not heard in this town. People like you who have professional degrees and and have uh, come from a d- different point of view of a major university. Uh, those people do not come to this city. They're not invited here. So this is a rarity. And he said uh, setting up the White House conferences on the family. I could have chosen many people with credentials like you have to come and speak because they're all over the place. I know them, they're feminists, they're uh, sometimes gay rights activists, they're coming from all different points of view, but not yours. And he said, this town ought to hear what you have to say because it is never heard here. And I went back, I had seven buddies, there were eight of us there that night, And I said, can we get together? We went up in one of the rooms. We were at the Willard Hotel. And I told them what he had said. And we all agreed we have to change that. The voice of biblical truth as related to the family must be represented in this town. We got on our knees that night and prayed. And we asked the Lord to bless what we were going to try to do because it was not going to be easy. We didn't have a boatload of money to start with to start to the beginning uh, so we prayed and the lord seemed to bless what we were there for and uh, that was the beginning of the family research council
1: we look at the terrain today and we look at the journey that christians engaged in public policy have been on what do you see today, what's the Lord showing you? What do you sense in your heart for America today? And where where, where do we need to be? And, and I, we've had victories, there's no question. We've had victories because we showed up and God delivered. But what's on, what, what is the Lord speaking
3: to you? Well,
2: today? you know, Tony, I have the long perspective because I was a professor of pediatrics at USC School of Medicine and Children's Hospital of Los Angeles for 17 years. And I could have spent the rest of my life there. I could have enjoyed doing research and being in academia.
1: And everybody loving you.
2: Oh, it was nice. You know, there's a lot of- When
1: you step out into this arena, not everybody likes what you have to say.
2: Well, I, I walked into a buzzsaw, I can tell you that, because I left there to start focus on the family.
1: And and I'll just say the country is so much better because you stepped into that buzzsaw.
2: Well, you're very kind. The first thing that hit was here in Colorado, there was Amendment 2, which became so controversial. I had just arrived in town. The gay activists there didn't have anybody to blame for that loss from their point of view, and they, they decided to tear me up. We had the bloody animal parts brought to our door. I'm here, I'm a new guy in town coming out of a medical school, not used to stuff like that. And they uh, told lies about us and it was really pretty difficult. It went all the way to the Supreme Court and my point of view lost. So uh, I start with that and see what's happened in all these Years, I think I got a good look at where things were going because I experienced it firsthand. And uh, it has been a discouraging ride. We've lost most of the big battles along the way. And uh, I think maybe things are changing now. The pastors seem much more aware of the battle that we're in,
1: uh, but it's not over. What do Christians need to be doing right now in this hour? Standing firm, uh, because the battle
2: is just continuing, and we still could lose the whole thing. I think our country's in great jeopardy. The things that are taking place right now are breathtaking to me. And it, they, frankly, discourage me, even with the cho- some of the successes we've had. There's still this, uh, well, what we've got is a civil war of values. You know, there's been no time in the history of this country except the civil war when we have been so divided and there's been so much hatred and so much wickedness and people calling uh, good evil and evil good. We have got to be salt and light in a dark and stormy culture and I just call our you know uh, Tony of all the phrases that people say to me and I don't let them know it but what people when people say to me especially Christian people and especially pastors who say well we don't get into that because we're not political they're bragging about not being political it's not political it's moral we're, calling, we're talking about killing babies. We're talking about teaching five-year-olds uh, more immorality on a daily basis in the public schools. We're talking about things that were, would have been unconscionable a few years ago. We cannot give up. And we've got the Lord on our side. We can't forget that. We're not alone in this thing. The Lord has called us to a battle. He's called us to fight with everything that we have. And if people get mad at me for saying that, then that I let them get mad. Yeah, just be mad.
1: As we wrap up our time together, I can I get personal?
2: Sure. Okay.
1: I know over the course of your leaving the academic world and moving into this. You said it yourself, you walked into a buzzsaw. Um, I know there's been times of discouragement where things didn't work out the way you thought they would or should. And I'm sure there was some temptations at times maybe to step out of this arena and go where it was a little more friendly. What kept you at it? Tony, I never considered stepping away
2: because I was called to this. My father told me right before he died that he had a vision of my reaching millions of people around the world. That was unheard of. That was, that was crazy. How could one lone voice here have the opportunity to speak in China and Russia and India and other places around the world? Uh, there's an anointing there. I don't know how to explain it. I certainly don't think I'm responsible for it. My job is just to be faithful and to hang in there. And I'm going to do that as long as I've got a voice. And today I don't have much of a voice, but uh, it's craggy and I'm doing the best I can to talk over it. But we're not going to give up as long as I've got breath in
1: my body. Well, today we're broadcasting special content in celebration of FRC's 40th anniversary that we celebrated this year. Well, after the break, you'll hear my interview with FRC's very first president, Dr. Jerry Regeer, who left a very secure job in order to follow the vision God had given him, and that was also planted in the heart of Dr. James Dobson. So, don't go
3: away. More Washington Watch, straight ahead. For 40 years, Family Research Council has been in Washington, D.C., championing faith, family, and freedom in public policy and the culture from a biblical worldview. But it isn't easy. As the culture continues to become increasingly divided, believers must continue defending biblical truth while many on the left wish to silence and marginalize Christians. Will you join us? Your financial support has never been more important. Thanks to your partnership, we can continue to reach more Americans with the important news from Washington, D.C. Equip believers to stand firm in our culture and defend biblical truth in the halls of government. Every donation we receive will go towards preserving and advancing policies for a culture that honors faith, family, and freedom. To give, text the word GIVE to 67742. Again, text GIVE to 67742. Don't
0: miss Family Research Council's new podcast, Outstanding, brought to you by FRC's team at The Washington Stand. This podcast is designed to examine top news stories and cultural issues from a distinctly biblical worldview with an aim to take every thought captive in obedience to Christ. Join host and senior fellow for Biblical Worldview, Joseph Backholm, as he examines recent developments and cultural phenomena through the lens of scripture and explores how Christians should respond. New guests join the podcast every week to unpack the headlines and discuss what's going on in the world. Topics range from recent political developments to social issues and spiritual battles. We invite you to follow along with these critical conversations as we release new episodes every Tuesday and Friday. You don't want to miss it. To listen, go to WashingtonStand.com slash podcast slash outstanding and be sure to look for the outstanding podcast on your favorite podcasting app today.
4: Join Family Research Council's Association of Churches and Ministries, a community of pastors and ministry leaders united in refusing to hide their faith in Jesus from those that would try to silence us. As we face an increasingly hostile culture, the Association of Churches and Ministries provides invaluable resources and a powerful platform to grow and be equipped for the ministry God has entrusted to you. Together, we will stand firm, united in faith. Visit acm.frc.org and become a member today.
5: If you're a young adult passionate about seeing biblical values championed in our country, check out Family Research Council's Internship Program. This three-month program is both a discipleship and development opportunity where you get to take part in truly meaningful work and help advance faith, family, and freedom in public policy and our culture. Featuring hands-on experience, biblical worldview training, free housing, and more, this internship is a great opportunity for spiritual and professional development. Check out FRC.org slash internships to apply today.
1: Welcome back to Washington Watch. I'm your host, Tony Perkins. Today, we're broadcasting special content in celebration of Family Research Council's 40th anniversary that we celebrated this year. In this next part, we'll feature my interview with FRC's very first president, Dr. Jerry Regeer, who was one of the eight Christian leaders who Dr. Dobson had uh, met and prayed with after President Carter's 1980 White House Conference on Families. It was from that beginning that Resolve was formed to establish Family Research Council. During FRC's 40th anniversary gala at the 2023 PrayVote Stand Summit, I asked Jerry to share a little more about that prayer meeting. I also asked him about the initial vision for FRC. Here is what he had to share.
6: And in the late 70s, uh, I was following the White House Conference on Families that he talked about. And, uh, and I just began to see that there was nobody from the Christian world that was being invited to that conference. Here it is, a conference on the families, and our experts are not there. And, um, and so I got to know the leaders of that White House Conference on Families and uh, one day he called me, the leader called me, and said, let's have lunch. So we had lunch, and he said, we're getting all these letters from all over the country, thousands of letters, saying we want Dr. James Dobson to be on this family White House conference on families. He said, who is this guy? <laughs> and uh, it just struck me that the secular world had their experts, And the Christian world had our experts, and they never mixed. And so out of that, I decided to, uh, I said, well, I'd like him to come. And he said, well, why don't you see if he would be willing to come? So I picked up the phone, not knowing Dr. Dobson, and called him. And uh, it was just an amazing conversation. I shared with him a little bit about the White House Conference on Families, and I shared with him some of what had been going on in my own heart in terms of really thinking about a biblically-based think tank here in D.C. And as I shared that with him, uh, he told me, he said, Jerry, he said, we've been praying here at Focus for, for weeks, wondering how we could get involved in this conference and in Washington. And he said, I think this is an answer to prayer. And so the Lord just really knit our hearts together. And it was just beautiful. And that was in late 79. And uh, then he, I went ahead and invited these Christian leaders and some academics. So the buddies he talked about are those people that came. And uh, we met here in the shoram, the old shoram. Well, how about that? uh, And basically, we met that evening and had prayer together. And uh, the Lord just met us in a very unusual way, and it was just an amazing time to to hear Him really confirm what what we were thinking about and what we were.
1: So, so to. talk about that just for a moment. That that what that prayer meeting was like in in this, in the sense of direction that the Holy Spirit was giving to this group of men.
6: Well, Dr. Dobson, of course, was the, the, the well-known person in the group, although there some of the other Christian leaders were quite well-known nationally as well. But uh, as we prayed together, and, and I talked about this idea that you already brought up, that it seemed like we were marching around the building as Christians, because voices were being raised on a lot of the issues definition of the family, traditional marriage, even way back then. But
1: we weren't inside having those conversations. But we
6: weren't inside the room. And, uh, and basically, that's the concept. And when, when Dr. Dobson was able to be at this research forum, in a sense, he became inside the room because that was put on by the White House. And that just kind of changed our ideas, and they all bought in.
1: Let's talk about the Family Research Council for just a moment and that the initial vision of the Family Research Council both that you had and then collectively that launched this organization
6: well the vision was that that we would initially it was kind of weighted toward the idea that Jim spoke about on the on the video and that was that there were not academics coming to hearings here Christian academics and uh, as I would go to hearings, being part of the Christian embassy, I was spending a lot of time on the Hill with, with uh, congressmen and senators, and you just didn't hear our viewpoint at all. And so it, it was the idea of, first of all, which the council idea came, to, to bring together this network of, of Christian academics that could be at the table when policy was made. And, and obviously we were wanting to have a ministry in lives as well, but that was kind of the main. So to bring the
1: biblical worldview into the public policy making of the country,
6: right? And 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 the idea of a biblical worldview in terms of a think tank. Those of you who have been around Washington for a long time know that there were think tanks here, and uh, some good think tanks. But there was nothing like uh, we were talking about with uh, the Family Research Council. And what has been so amazing to me, Tony, is is to see how God then kind of passed that baton on, I was there five years. I took a sabbatical, got a master's at, at at Harvard and Gary took it over and he just took it to a whole nother level and uh and he'll be speaking here in a minute i think and uh and then and then you have taken it to uh, an amazing i mean this is just so beyond what I could dream of in terms of those early days because it's God's vision and he hands it off to faithful people
1: I appreciate that Gary Um, and there are many organizations that start many organizations that grow but in terms of that initial vision has FRC been faithful to that vision
6: oh absolutely you've been faithful Um, the, the prayer undergirding that was at the beginning, and and you have continued that, and and there was also uh, there was always a tendency to kind of, you know, maybe maybe we shouldn't be that upfront about some of our biblical uh, views and and but we wanted to, and uh, and and you have taken that to a whole nother level, and so this biblical basis that it was born in prayer and that you have faithfully continued to do that and be analyzing policy from a biblical worldview, be speaking to power from a biblical worldview. And uh, that was
1: unique, and I think it continues to be unique. Well, Jerry, we stand on, on your shoulders and those that came beh- behind you. I, I, on behalf of, of everybody, I just want to take just a moment to thank you for having that initial vision. Um Well, today we're broadcasting uh, special content in celebration of Family Research Council's 40th anniversary. Well, after the break, we're going to turn to another former FRC president, Gary Bauer, under whose leadership FRC's experts and grassroots network grew exponentially. So stick around. More Washington Watch straight ahead.
5: Most of us have wrestled with deep questions about the meaning of life at one time or another. Questions like, why are we here? What has gone wrong with our world? Is there any hope? And how does it all end? Thankfully, David Claussen, director of the Center for Biblical Worldview at Family Research Council, has carefully answered each of these tough questions in his latest publication titled, An Introduction to Worldview. With 81% of evangelical church attendees claiming to hold a biblical worldview, and only 21% actually holding a biblical worldview, resources like this are more important than ever. With this new resource, we invite you, your family, and your church to evaluate what makes up a worldview and to see how a biblical worldview provides the most satisfying answers to life's biggest questions. To read the full publication and to see other resources from FRC's Center for Biblical Worldview, visit frc.org worldview. Again, that's frc.org worldview.
0: Don't miss Family Research Council's new podcast, Outstanding. Brought to you by FRC's team at The Washington Stand, this podcast is designed to examine top news stories and cultural issues from a distinctly biblical worldview with an aim to take every thought captive in obedience to Christ. Join host and senior fellow for Biblical Worldview, Joseph Backholm, as he examines recent developments and cultural phenomena through the lens of Scripture and explores how Christians should respond. New guests join the podcast every week to unpack the headlines and discuss what's going on in the world. Topics range from recent political developments to social issues and spiritual battles. We invite you to follow along with these critical conversations as we release new episodes every Tuesday and Friday. You don't want to miss it. To listen, go to WashingtonStand.com slash podcast slash outstanding and be sure to look for the outstanding podcast on your favorite podcasting app today.
1: Welcome back to Washington Watch. I'm your host, Tony Perkins. So glad that you are with us. The website, TonyPerkins.com. All right, as I mentioned today, special program. We're looking back on Family Research Council's 40th anniversary celebration. In this next part, you'll hear from Gary Bauer, who served as FRC's president for more than a decade after assuming leadership of FRC in 1988, the year that FRC had merged with and became a division of Dr. Dobson's focus on the family. It was in the 1990s that FRC's experts and grassroots networks grew exponentially, and FRC was thrust into the midst of several social issue debates that gripped the nation. But as Gary will share, times have changed, and the need for truth to go out is even more critical today amid what he called a blizzard of lies. We'll start from when Gary assumed leadership of FRC from FRC's first president. Jerry
7: And so when the Reagan administration was over, uh, Jim and I were talking about next steps and Jerry was thinking about his next step, and uh, we decided that maybe I could then come in and run this Washington office, which was then folded in formally to be part of Focus on the Family. And at that very beginning, when I had that meeting with Dr. Dobson out in Colorado Springs, Uh, I presented a budget to him. He didn't like it. There wasn't enough, uh, there was just too much money was needed. Uh, We prayed about it. He prayed that if God wanted to happen, doors would open. If he didn't, God would keep the doors closed. And I remember being a little disappointed in the prayer. I wanted to pray, make us have the money (laughs) to open up the Family Research Council. I would find out later that before the day was over, Uh, the late Ed Prince of uh, Ed and Elsa Prince would unexpectedly stop by the office talk to Jim in the course of the conversation uh, Ed asked him a couple of questions and Jim said well I'm struggling I I want to open this Washington office and he asked Jim how much was needed, Jim told him and uh, before Ed walked out of that office we had the first year's budget I mean that prayer was answered the same day Now, look, I want to use the time I have not just to keep reflecting on the past because I think all of that happened, all these minor miracles, because the Family Research Council was supposed to be here at a time like this, right? I I talked a little bit this morning at breakfast about knowing what time it is is essential. A lot of people don't know what time it is. It's not the 1950s. I, like Ike, won't do it. If anything has been mentioned, it's more like the 1850s. We're at the edge of a cliff. We have irreconcilable differences. You know, at the beginning of the country, there were people that knew what time it was. Thomas Paine wrote the famous pamphlet, The American Crisis, the beginning of the pamphlet, You may remember from school days. Our kids today don't know these words. Payne wrote, these are the times that try men's souls. The summer soldier and the sunshine patriot will in this crisis shrink from the service of their country. But he that stands by it now deserves the love and the thanks of men and women. He knew what time it was. George Washington read that and was grabbed immediately. He called his officers in. He said, take this pamphlet, bring your men together, read it all to them. And then within a couple of days, they launched the beginning of the attacks that would finalize the birth of the nation because they were not sunshine patriots. And the Family Research Council is not sunshine patriots or sunshine Christians. It keeps the faith. It's speaking the truth at this incredible time in our country. What would happen now if we didn't have sunshine patriots? What if, if, if we had Christians that only stood up when things were good? We'd be in deep, deep trouble, my friends. We all know what's going on now. Family Research Council, Tony, all of you, we speak the truth every chance we get. We are being buried in a blizzard of lies. It's like spitting into a hurricane. You know the lies. Most of them are aimed at our children, which Tony and FRC and focus on the family. Dr. Dobson has devoted his life to trying to save. Lies like there is no God. That America was never great. That our founders were evil. That our children may be trapped in the wrong bodies. It just keeps coming at us. How, how did it come to this? A nation founded on the idea that liberty comes from God. That only a virtuous people can remain free. And now we're actually having a national debate on whether it's a good idea to have men dressed as women read books to our children? My father was in the 1st Marine Corps Division in World War II. His nickname was Spike. He was well known for having an anger management problem. (laughs) If I came home from the 2nd or 3rd grade and told Spike that a man dressed in a dress read me a book today in the third grade, Spike would be in jail with all those January 6 folks that are in jail right now. The left's plan is to rip us out of the rich soil of Judeo-Christian civilization. And that is what Tony and the Family Research Council fights against every day.
1: All right, stick around. Coming up next, former Congresswoman Michelle Bachman, now chairman of the FRC board.
4: Are you a pastor or ministry leader? Then join Family Research Council's Association of Churches and Ministries. This community is for pastors and ministry leaders who are united in refusing to hide their faith in Jesus from those that would try to silence us. Together, we choose to stand on God's Word, no matter the cost. As we face an increasingly hostile culture, the Association of Churches and Ministries provides a powerful platform to come together, grow, and be equipped for the ministry God has entrusted to you. By joining this collective, you gain exclusive access to invaluable resources, updates from Washington, D.C. to your leadership and ministry team, special discounts on FRC events, and much more. Together, we will stand firm, united in faith, unyielding in truth. Don't miss your chance to be a part of something greater. Visit acm.frc.org and become a member today.
3: Are you passionate about living out your faith in the public square? Are you invested in rebuilding America's spiritual foundations? We are too. Here at Family Research Council, we have made it our mission to champion the kingdom of God by advancing faith, family, and freedom in our nation and culture. Would you consider joining us? Each day, we work to educate spiritually active, governance engaged conservatives, proclaim truth on cancel resistant platforms promote a biblical worldview in public policy and culture, and engage believers to get involved. Together, we can work towards a prevailing culture in which all human life is valued, families flourish, and religious liberty thrives. To get involved, you can donate to FRC by texting the word GIVE to 67742. Again, text GIVE to 67742. Are you tired of the mainstream
0: media censoring Christian and conservative voices? Are you looking for news about the most important topics of the day presented to you through the lens of biblical truth? FRC has the answer. The Washington Stand. The Washington Stand is Family Research Council's outlet for news and commentary from a biblical worldview, covering issues from abortion, sexuality, and religious liberty, to education, to what's happening on Capitol Hill and around the world. The Washington Stand reports on the top stories affecting faith, family, and freedom that the mainstream media doesn't want you to know about. Subscribe today to receive the latest news from The Washington Stand in your inbox every weekday morning by texting TWS to 67742 or by visiting WashingtonStand.com. Again, that's TWS to 67742. It's beginning to look. Welcome
1: back to Washington Watch. I'm your host, Tony Perkins. Thanks for tuning in to today's special program. We've been featuring highlights from Family Research Council's 40th anniversary gala. Yes, that's 40 years of standing for faith, family, and freedom. And we've been able to do this because of folks like you all across the nation who pray for us and stand with us financially. And as we enter our 41st year with challenges greater than we've seen before, would you prayerfully consider partnering with us? Your support will make sure that your voice and the voice of millions of Christians in this country continues to be heard. It will ensure that Washington Watch continues to air on stations all across the nation so that you can have news and information that you can trust. For any gift over $30, you'll receive a free copy of our new Stand on the Word journal. So to give, simply go to TonyPerkins.com or text the word GIVE to seven. That's GIVE, G-I-V-E, to 67742. In the previous segment, you heard an excerpt from the remarks that former FRC president Gary Bauer delivered during the 40th anniversary gala. After a little reminiscing, Gary went to the meat of his address, noting the time in which we are living today and the fight for truth that FRC is engaged in amid a blizzard of lies. Well, to wrap up his address, Gary issued a charge to the audience and used a well-known story from the 9-11 terrorist attacks. We'll pick up right there.
7: Earlier this month, the country marked the 22nd anniversary of 9-11. It's hard to believe it's 22 years. We know what happened that day, the pain, the suffering, what happened at the Pentagon, what happened at the World Trade Center towers. I want to take you to that plane that took off from Newark on the ways of San Francisco and it was one of the hijacked planes too. The passengers in that plane found themselves in the middle of a nightmare. They gathered at the back of the plane. A debate broke out. What are we going to do? They disagreed. They disagreed so much. You know what they did on the day that was meant to kill our democracy, our constitutional republic? They voted. Everybody in favor of fighting back. Raise your hand. Everybody in favor of going back and sitting in your seats. The ones who wanted to fight back won. Then they made phone calls home. They called parents and spouses and children, trying to get through one last time, to say, I love you, don't forget me. One of the passengers was a guy named Todd Beamer, a devout Christian man, had attended Christian schools his whole life. He tried to call home and tragically never got through. His call was rerouted to a woman at the GTE headquarters in Chicago, the phone company that was in charge of the phones in the backs of the seats on the plane. Her name was Lisa Jefferson. Todd Beamer and Lisa Jefferson talked for 13 minutes. And in that 13 minutes, they prayed together. They said the Lord's Prayer. Lisa Jefferson said she could hear other passengers joining in. After that, the Lord's Prayer, deliver us from evil. Then they recited the 23rd Psalm. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, thy rod and staff will comfort me. You will be with me. And then she noticed that Todd Beamer was saying some other things, but it didn't sound like he was saying them to her. He, she heard him say to the passengers, are you ready? Are we going to do it? And then she heard him yell, let's roll. And he led these passengers down the aisle into the teeth of men armed with box cutters. We have tape, audio tape of the battle. You can hear screaming, crashing, things being thrown, people yelling out praise of God, all sorts of things. You hear a hijacker yelling out, here they come. And then there's a struggle for the controls of the plane and it's brought down in a field in Pennsylvania. Everybody dead. Did God not hear those prayers? Of course he did. You see, our enemies that day meant even worse things for us than what happened. The experts think that plane was on the way to the White House or the Congress or maybe a nuclear power plant. We were supposed to suffer more. More of us were supposed to die. They actually thought, and maybe it would have worked out that way, that the republic could have actually fallen. The prayers those passengers made, God gave them the courage to stop that plane, bought us time. I have no doubt that Todd Beamer and those passengers are with our Lord today at the throne, hearing the words we all want to hear. Well done, good and faithful servants. My friends, the Family Research Council, American Values, BOT Broadcasting, the American Family Association, Concern Women for America, all of you out there, the pastors that are on fire in their pulpits, We're all fighting back. We're all doing what has to be done. That's why God worked it out so that the Family Research Council under Tony's leadership would be where it is today. My friends, we need to be like the passengers on that plane because our country is being hijacked. We need to vote. We need to take a stand. We need to fight back. And if we will do those things, then I believe there's a decent chance that next year and 50 years and 100 years from now, the stars and stripes may very well fly over Washington, D.C., unless the Lord has come back before then. But however it all plays out, ladies and gentlemen, we are the ones that have to save America and that is what Tony and all of you are committed to, and we will not surrender. God bless you all.
1: That was Family Research Council's second president, Gary Bauer, speaking during the 40th anniversary gala. If you missed any part of today's program or any of the content from our gala, you can go to Pray Vote Stand. To close out today's special edition, I'm going to turn to the conversation I had with the chair of FRC's board of directors, Michelle Bachman. Like Gary, Michelle also had a charge for the audience.
8: Well, I just want to say this the power of saying yes, we are pioneers for the next few years. And that's really our question. Will we say yes? I think we will. I know we will, because here's the truth. God never abandons his people. He never lets his children go begging for bread. He, he unfurls a banner over us, and it is love. So we are crying out, and Father, I cry out to you, the God of love. The God who understands. You are the God who gives us the mind of Christ. All the treasures in Christ are made available to us. Your your wisdom, your riches and glory, they're available to us. All we need to do is seek you, cry out to you, and obey your word. Oh, Father, thank you that you've given us this opportunity to for 40 years years to bring your solutions to bear in this town where believers didn't even have a seat at a table. For 40 years, we've had a seat at the table. And now we've seen victories, the overturning of Roe versus Wade. Victory after victory after victory has come from your hand. And so we thank you in advance for the victories that you are going to bring. The power of saying yes And we say, yes, Father, use us. Amen. 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 So if you want to help us, go to FRC.org. There's nothing on your table, but I told Tony I'm going to do it. Just keep your ears closed. FRC.org. Thank you, everybody.
1: I'm I'm hoping that prayer is like the prayer that Gary and Dr. Dobson prayed. So by the time I get back to my room, there's all the money. All the checks. All the
8: checks. That's right. By his riches and glory.
1: You know, it it is exciting. And, and, And Michelle, the final question I have for you is you. I mean, look, the challenges are great. I mean, just turn on the news, read the newspaper, watch the White House daily press briefing, and you know we're in trouble. But as we've talked about the, the good that we've seen in the last four decades, it's really the parable that Jesus told of the wheat and the tare. That the weeds are going to grow, but so is the wheat. Amen. And and we're, we're to be mindful of the weeds, but we need to focus on the wheat. Mm-hmm. And so, Michelle, as an intercessor, one who's literally traveled the world, praying strategically at different places, you were actually in Geneva, Switzerland, when WHO was meeting and you, you laid out the World Health Organization, a, a, a real threat to freedom. But what is the Lord saying to you about this moment in which we are in to the church and, and, and what we need to be doing?
8: Well, I actually think it is the greatest moment in the history of the church right now because the, the prophets said they long to live. In this particular time, and so where we need to be is to set up and take the position that God has given us. I was with Pastor Jack Hibbs today on his show. Great show, great network. Everyone is going to.
1: I I haven't been on your show yet, Jack. What's going on? That's okay.
8: It's the power of saying yes, Tom.
1: Oh, is that what it is? Okay.
8: It's Real Life Network with Jack Hibbs, and we talked about this. And we have such a great brother in the Lord, and the Apostle Paul, a truly wonderful brother in the Lord, and he told us what our purpose is right now in Ephesians 3, verse 10, and it's this, our purpose, the ecclesia, the greater body of believers all over the world, the church, our purpose is to take the whole wisdom of God, the Bible, to take that wisdom, to to believe it, to obey obey it, and then to pray. And Paul tells us the secret, what we're supposed to do. We're to pray into that unseen world. And Os Guinness spoke today at a luncheon. He spoke last night right here on this stage. I think it's one of the most powerful images that I'm taking away from PrayVote Stand from this weekend, that if we could see the unseen realm, yes. the battles that are yes. going on right now, In a way, we kind of can see that. When we look at these unbelievable battles on earth, issues we never thought we would have to deal with, I think the Lord is allowing us to see in part this absolutely vivid battle that's going on in the heavenlies. And so Paul tells us in Ephesians 3.10, this isn't me, this is Paul. He says to us, we are to take the wisdom of God and we are to pray both and uh, and to direct the angelic host to go and to fight in the battle according to God's wisdom. We pray to that end. But also, Satan has been given a dispensation on this earth for a little while. He prowls about this earth seeking who he may devour to kill, steal, and destroy. So we need to pray into that realm as well. How do we pray if we don't know his wisdom? How do we pray if we don't believe? This is the greatest opportunity for the church ever. We have this opportunity to know the Lord, to know his wisdom, the power of his might, and pray into that that heavenly battle that is happening right now. It's as real as us being in this ballroom, that battle. And so let's pray into it. I absolutely believe that we may yet see a miracle Very soon we may see a miracle if we will only get serious and get real about what the Bible says. To actually have the the faith of Hebrews, that we would have the faith to believe that he's the God who who is that God of the Bible. But that he will do what he says he will do. I believe he will. He will do what he says he will do. And so we need to pray with his wisdom into that realm And I think we are going to see victories in those battles in the
1: heavenly.
8: What happens on earth will happen on heaven.
1: Yeah, and and the the challenge for us is to believe God and not fear man. Amen. Is not to be fearful, and this is what the struggle is in this city, is that to have this conversation, the, the media wants to mock this, the left wants to mock it, but the Scripture makes very clear they're blind to these things. We want to pray that their eyes would be open, but that shouldn't hinder us from seeing because our eyes, if we know the Lord Jesus Christ and are filled with the Spirit, we've been given the ability to see that which is spiritual if we will look and see. And I believe and
8: the odds are in our favor. I mean, that's the thing. We have got great odds. We just have to have the power of saying yes and believe on His name And I think we are going to see miraculous answers to prayer.
1: Well, you've been listening to a special edition of Washington Watch. In fact, what you just heard was a conversation that I had with the chair of Family Research Council's board of directors, Michelle Bachman, former congresswoman from Minnesota. And that took place during the 40th anniversary gala at the 2023 Pray Vote Stand Summit in Washington, D.C. Well, don't forget, as we come to the end of the year, you can take a stand for faith, family, and freedom by partnering with the Family Research Council as we close out the year and prepare for even bigger battles and opportunities in 2024. Generous friends of FRC have recently increased our challenge match to $1.5 million. So if you give by New Year's Eve, your tax-deductible gift will have double the impact. And when you give, you'll receive a free gift. Our new stand on the word journal. To give, go to TonyPerkins.com or simply text the word GIVE to 67742. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thanks so much for being with us. And let me once again leave you with the encouraging words of the Apostle Paul. You've done everything you can do when you've prayed, prepared, and taken your stand. By all means, keep standing.